right, here we go. A little bit nervous, sound like me. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls across the world, welcome to the first episode of Sub 10. I'm your host, Coach Mike. A little intro, probably got to get better at that, but uh, what's up everyone, it's Coach Mike here and welcome to the first official episode of Sub 10. I'm excited to launch this new series here at MFP as we start to go deeper into everything we do here, all training concepts, all social media, online training ideas and speak to some amazing people to unlock the mysteries of optimizing athletic performance. We'll also be diving deep into just how you can be a better human and no matter who you are or what you do, how you can just optimize your life in and around everything you do to get the absolute best out of yourself. There is definitely going to be more than just me on this uh, show. This is like a podcast, but it's also a bit more of a show. So sub 10 is a play off running a 100 meter sprint in under sub 10 to yeah, and there's no uh, redos, so there's no edits. So if I make a mistake like I just did just then, we have to deal with it. So sub 10 is a play of a 100-meter sprint sub 10 efforts. It's one of the greatest feats when you think of athletic performance in terms of speed, strength, and power, which is something that we're always trying to achieve with athletes. It's our belief one day, that will get a female athlete there. Not us exactly, but people from our industry and, and in the world, someone will break that. Um, and so we want to play off the idea. Sub 10 minutes. In under 10 minutes, we're going to give you as much information as possible. Teach you many things and provide a lot of value. Have a lot of fun along the way. Make some mistakes. Uh, talk some shit. And just get deeper into who we are here at MFP. It won't just be me. I will be getting our team involved, so you will see others. And then once a month, uh, we'll do an extended episode for about an hour, maybe 90 minutes, depending on the guest, where we'll have a special guest where we get to learn more about their story and unravel some ideas of who they are, what they've done, um, how they've got to where they are, and you know, a traditional sort of podcast sense. But the, the shows are going to be all about just sub-10 minutes of information, fun, excitement, um, and just a good time. This is something that we've wanted to do for a while and we're trying to figure out where we fit in and how we can really capture our audience. So on our Instagram, you would have seen we played around a little bit with athlete education where we started putting things out there, putting topics up such as sleep, nutrition, supplements, um, mindset, and, and, and things like this. And so we wanted to take it a step further and really start to provide a better content system, uh, which actually has a lot of value. We'll also have a few little segments within the scope of each episode, but the key thing is, it's actually gonna be non-edited, just like a podcast would be. So if there's mistakes, uh, if there's errors, um, it's all part of the fun, and why uh, we're excited to launch this. So, for the first episode of today, there is something that uh, has really sort of come to my attention of recent. So I'm pretty lucky 
that um, I have a great team of coaches around me and I have a number of coaches online who I indirectly mentor who always come to me with questions, comments and queries. We also have a, our regular internship program here where we have a lot of intern coaches who come to MFP to learn from us uh, and to discuss everything that's going on in the industry. The big one uh, at the moment is around programming. So programming is probably, um, I guess a lot of people overlook it and, and they think it can be a lot simpler than what it is. Like, oh, I do the big six or the fundamental, fundamental movement patterns and I progress those uh, and I follow traditional strength programs and block periodization concepts. Uh, then we have the scope of injury prevention and what muscle groups or areas of the body we commonly have to hit in order to make our athletes resilient and not uh, put them at risk of injury because we didn't do X, Y, Z. And this is probably where we're seeing at the moment um, a lot of programs slipping up because when it comes to injury prevention, there's so many things you have to think about. And when you're doing large group-based systems or you're having large amounts of athletes in at once, whether that's team sports or even in private facilities, a lot of times we have to hit certain exercises or so, so, sorry to attack certain muscle groups because you know there is an inherent risk that if these muscles aren't strong, there's going to be a risk of injury. The problem with this that we're seeing is that programs are now... Uh, gearing towards overloading those muscle groups in a training session. So the total volume that attacks those muscle groups uh, is far too great. And so the actual training adaptation response is going to be detrimental to the rest of the training our athletes will do. So here's the example. Hamstrings is a big one. If our understanding of hamstring injuries and hamstring strength-based training in order to keep athletes resilient and on the field um, has evolved so much. And now we, we understand there's hip dominant movements, knee dominant movements, there's isometrics, uh, there's speed work that we can do and all directly, there's single leg, there's unilateral, there's bilateral, um, there's multiplane movements where the hamstrings, you know, get challenged to get stronger. The issue that I see is that a lot of times people are just trying to tick boxes and putting exercises in without any real thought around the total volume or stress that an exercise has because just because it's an exercise that does something for a muscle group we have to actually understand that there's a lot more stress placed upon the nervous system in the body in some exercises over others so high eccentric stress load exercises versus more concentric based exercises the damage that does to the tissues is significantly greater significantly speak properly <laughs> but so significantly greater um, when you have a high eccentric stress load exercise. So my example in this case will be looking at an RDL and a Nordic. Uh, if you have trained a lot of people and, and you understand like the stress response from those exercises, it would be in your best interest not to do them on the same day. So if you're going to do RDLs, don't do a knee dominant exercise like a Nordic. Let's not talk about the Nordic right now because it's my belief that it's over-programmed. Um, for some reason, it is the, the one that everyone can do anywhere, which is great, but all of a sudden, it's like you have to do three sets of eight Nordics with a three to four second eccentric, which is just stupid, um, every damn week to make sure your hamstrings are strong so you don't do a hamstring. 
That's not how the hamstrings operate when we're running. Uh, so we have to look beyond that. Anyway, well, let's talk about that another day, but let's go back to the total programming. So a program may look like this. Uh, you've got your, your first phase of the training session, which is around your speed and power development into your then primary lift of the day, which could be, which is commonly a lot of people will use trap bar deadlift, squat variation or split squats, um, most commonly at the start. What we tend to not think about is like the nervous system stress and how to get heavy loads up, you actually need all of your legs involved. So you're stressing the hamstrings or the glutes and the quads, your primary um, big uh, muscle groups in the lower body that are associated with strength development for those lifts. Then they'll move into secondary exercise. They'll think I need to do something unilateral, hit a single leg RDL. They'll hit a split squat um, or a step down again, or a Bulgarian. So again, we're seeing hamstrings getting a lot of load, especially where a lot of the times, most of these lifts are done with a co controlled eccentric portion of the movement into the concentric, where there's obviously commonly more speed then we're moving into accessory stuff and then we're saying oh i better hit some uh knee dominant hamstring exercises so we're doing sliders or nordics or now also harrop curls the issue here is that if you're doing trap bar deadlifts bulgarian split squats single leg rdl and a nordic all in the same session their stress to the hamstrings is detrimental to anything else you're going to do for the next 48 hours so if you then go do running, skill-based training, whatever it may be, it's going to be affected drastically. With athletes, we don't have to think like a bodybuilder. We have to think about the right dosage across the entire week of our microcycle of programming that allows them to maximize all of their training sessions, not just get absolutely everything done in one second. Session, right? We have to look beyond it. We're better off filtering some of these exercises in onto other days so that it doesn't completely um, disrupt the like nervous system stress leading into everything else we do and that's so we can maximize the outcomes of the other sessions because you yeah you can train with sore muscles right typically what you what are you going to do you're going to auto regulate yourself and down trend that next session and if that's a field or if that's a skills-based session and you're down-regulating that session because you're fatigued from the gym, the athlete's not going to get better. So we have to make sure that they are able to maximize their performance on the field or in a skill-based session. It's critical concepts of thinking that we, we just have to look a bit further beyond the fact of I've got to tick these boxes because I know that if I do these exercises, it's most likely going to decrease the risk of injury. But programming is a big one. It's something that... Um, it takes a while to get right and how we how we come across this is because our interns have to write a program when they first get here and the first thing we see is that they try to do absolutely everything in one session versus having an understanding of total training load across the week and where to best place exercises based on the other sessions that an athlete may be subjected to or competitions that they're in so just need you just need to think a bit more critically around how you're structuring your programs. Now, if that was a bodybuilder's program and you wanted hamstring growth, I'll tell you absolutely go ahead, right? If you need to grow a, a muscle, you need to stress it in a session and across the week. So commonly, if you want a specific area to grow, you're going to destroy it in one session and then you're going to hit it again later on in the week to make sure that its total tr stress across the week is high. Um, 
I'm not sure how much time I've got left. I, I want to keep these sub 10 because I can waffle on and on and on. But I just wanted to sort of touch base on something there. I am going to talk about Nordics uh, in the future because uh, it's definitely something that I think we have to look beyond as the primary strength exercise for hamstring resilience for stopping people doing hamstrings. I don't think it fits the bill on the scale that it's been blown up to do. But I'm going to leave you a little quote. So quotes, I love quotes. Um, They work well for motivated people. I don't know that they often work well for people that aren't actually motivated. And what I mean by this is they work well when people actually already sort of a high performer or a high achiever. But commonly for people who are trying to find their place, I think it's not always going to work. So sometimes we have to look and find... um, not necessarily just like motivational quotes, but like uh, things that resonate with us as humans. And one that I've come across recently that it's really resonated me with me and making sure that I sort of maximize everything that I'm doing is that you have to think in moments of life that your future self is watching back on you and the moments and memories you're creating. So what you do now matters to what you'll see in the future. My take on that is that There's an opportunity in front of you right now to create memories and moments that will be everlasting that you can then take on and reflect on and have as you age and get older and, you know, change in your life evolves because the stories we tell are the stories that are memorable and make more memorable stories. So that's it. Episode one. Welcome to the show. Exciting times here and uh, look forward to chatting more and and being here in front of the camera with you all. So if you have questions, we will uh, answer them. So we're going to obviously open it up to the community and people. But if you don't have questions, then we're just going to ramble. We're going to talk a lot. We're going to provide value and hopefully get something out of it. So stay tuned for the next episode. and look forward to seeing you soon. Peace out, everyone.